right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Morning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. And today we have yet another Phillies versus Washington Nationals recap. And yes, this is the last one. We are covering game four of the four game series. And Dave, uh, it seemed to be a nail biter uh, leading all the way up until the last inning. And the Phillies pulled it off a six to five victory to make them six and zero against the Nationals in this season. And uh, so, Dave, what do you take from this series? And um, does it speak volumes about uh, the Phillies and their hot streak right now? Well, first of all, last night was a very, very stressful night. Uh, it first started with this Phillies uh, game against the Nationals when they were winning two to nothing. And here you go. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, ah, Eflin's going to pitch like he did against the Braves. It's going to be an easy victory. I'm going to be able to sit on my couch, eat some dinner, wait for the Flyers game. And here I am. Uh, as the Nationals come back and they end up taking a lead five to four, and now we're sweating like, oh no, we got to win nine out of ten. Bryce Harper said you got to win nine out of ten. We got to win nine out of ten, and you know, so you're sweating, and, and I, I was yelling at the TV. McCutcheon ties up the game five to five, and then Alec Bohm, the rookie, comes through um, and gives us the win six to five. And then after that, I got to uh, sweat through another three and a half, four hours of playoff hockey. Um, when I was on the phone with Dave. So, uh, yeah, it was a stressful night. But I think that this uh, this Philly series uh, just shows that they can be a playoff team when they're clicking, and they can be a very good playoff team when they're clicking on all cylinders like they are right now. Um, even though it wasn't a very pretty game, you have to win games like this. Playoff teams win games like this, and the Phillies were able to pull out with a 6-5 to five victory over the still – pesky nationals they have uh you know guys who can hit they have good pitchers their bullpen is actually more solid than i thought it was going to be um so uh, i mean they're still a team that can be competitive yes they're struggling but you can never overlook them i feel like this was a pure nationals game from 2019 i felt like uh we, this was probably the best game of the series for them um, because it just seems like they were trying to click, you know, the hitting got going and then they shut us down and then uh, eventually, you know, McCutcheon tied it up. But I felt like this was a classic Phillies Nationals game from 2019. Um, so give the Nationals credit for this one. But of course, the Phillies deserve way more credit uh, because they do uh, sweep the Nationals in four games. Yeah. And sweeping a team in a four game series is never easy. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure you and I were both satisfied getting three out of the four, but being able to get all four games in the series really does uh, help the Phillies out. And yeah, it seems like the Nationals are are just, you know, getting the bats going a little bit. And hopefully if they do decide to win a few games, then it won't be against our Phillies. Um, But anyway, I guess we can get to the box score starting with our Philadelphia Phillies with Reese Hoskins going one for four with a solo shot, um, but also had three strikeouts. And then um, you had JT Romuto, who was one for five, and he always seems to get that one hit in the game, but it was for extra bases. He did have a double and scored three runs with two strikeouts. And then you had Gregorius, who was two for three with a double, uh, a walk, one run scored, and an RBI. And then Alec Bohm, he just continues to keep on hitting, and he's just doing amazing for the Phillies, especially at his young age. It just seems like he's more advanced at hitting and he can drive the ball the other way which is what I really like about Alec Bohm. He has that ability to do that and you know that you have a good hitter on your hands when you have a guy like Alec Bohm who can drive the ball wherever you need him to on that field and he just does show maturity uh, in his swing in how he takes pitches 
and he is just an advanced hitter and hopefully getting better on defense day by day. Uh, but yeah, he did go 3 for 4 with an RBI and a strikeout, and he was the one who hit the fly ball to score the runner, uh, which won the Phillies the ball game. And then we had Andrew Knapp, who went 2 for 3 with a strikeout. And Dave, I have to ask a question about our Andrew Knapp. Is this the player that Andrew Knapp really is? Because he's been on a tear this season. 2020 is the weird of ye- uh, or the weird the year of of weird things. So Andrew Knapp may be uh, this good just for 2020, or he may be now kind of fixed in the future. Um, you, you know, the one thing that I would say that kind of is in his favor that he may actually be just a better hitter now is the fact that the Phillies did get a different approach by hiring uh, by hiring a new hitting coach uh, in Joe Dillon. Uh, so maybe he was able to click with Andrew Knapp. You saw, you saw what Joe Dillon did with the Nationals in 2019, um, you know, improving some of their hitters that were struggling. Uh, so I think that maybe Knapp uh, with Joe Dillon is just getting better, or maybe this is just kind of a luck thing for 2020. You know, maybe he's just uh, more in shape for this shortened season. I don't really know. Um, but as of right now, he's really helping this Phillies offense, and I wouldn't be surprised if they start going to Knapp as a pinch hitter, um, you know, in certain situations uh, against certain pitchers. So uh, I think that Knapp, though, he's playing really good right now, and as <laughs> – I'm not going to complain because Andrew Knapp last year was not very good. So uh, I'm not going to complain about Knapp, but but hopefully Joe Dillon did uh, at least improve him. Yeah, definitely. It, it seems like Joe Dillon really did help out Andrew Knapp. And if that is the case, then that's great. I mean, whatever leads to Knapp's success in that backup catcher's role or whether he does DH or whatever he does, you know, hopefully he can remain successful. And I'm glad that he's able to hit for the Phillies Uh, especially since he couldn't hit in in years prior. Uh, But one defensive highlight of the game goes to Bryce Harper, who threw out Luis Garcia as he rounded first base. And David Phelps was on the mound. He came over to cover first, and Harper threw behind Garcia and tagged him out. So uh, a really heads-up play by Harper. And uh, Dave, a lot of people are talking about it. It was a really nice play, especially to a rookie like Garcia, who I I guess is acting Gene Segura-like. He's just uh, not watching himself on the bases, and that's what happens when a veteran like Bryce Harper, you know, can get behind a ball and throw you out. He, he's just he has that ability. It was a really heads up play, Dave, and you got to give it to Bryce Harper on this one. What's your take? No, I, I agree. I really thought that was the only kind of good play of the whole game that David Phelps was kind of involved in because this pitching was horrible. Um, but a beautiful job by Bryce Harper, not to take anything away from him, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Harper's been struggling at the dish lately, uh, you know, striking out way more than you would like. Um, but we kind of knew that he was going to hit a slump at some point. I mean, he just started off the season at a 350 average. Uh, and it's hard for anybody to keep up that clip, regardless of the talent that the player has. Um, but yeah, Harper, really good defensive play. Uh, it just goes to show you that the, 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 the fluke defensive year that he had in uh, 2018 prior to him signing with the Phillies uh, was that what it was it was a fluke so uh, I think that Harper of course made a great play good job by Phelps to uh, get to the mound Uh, Reese Hoskins was really the one that was at fault there Uh, he did not play that good at all and you know Reese's defense has been pretty good uh, for most of this year uh, slightly above average I would say which is surprising for Reese but that play right there was uh, about as bad as it gets for a first baseman so 
Uh, good job by Harper to back up Hoskins. Good job by Phelps to cover. But Reese has to make that play, especially in how close the game was. Right. And I, I would agree 100%. Now, moving on to the pitching side of things, we have Zach Eflin, who took the bump for the Phillies. And Dave, like we mentioned, he, he got hit around a little bit. These Nationals capitalized on some opportunities, and Eflin left some pitches over that they got to. But he still went six innings for the Phils. Uh, he allowed seven hits, uh, four runs, all four were earned, and he had five punchies. Uh, he also allowed one home run as well. So Eflin, uh, having an iffy start, you, and we know Eflin has his ebbs and flows, and that's just the type of pitcher that I think Eflin is. Uh, you would just like to see a little bit more consistency out of Eflin, but um, I guess we'll have to see if he can figure himself out next start. Uh, anyway, moving on to David Phelps, like we were mentioning, uh, with him, he made the good tag, uh, when Bryce Harper threw the ball. Uh, but other than that, he struggled a little bit, only went two thirds of an inning, allowing three hits, a run that run was earned and a strikeout. And that one earned run was on a home run. So yeah, David Phelps, uh, he left a pitch right down the center of the plate and it got absolutely destroyed. And Dave, I don't know. Was it against Michael Taylor? I have a feeling it was against Michael Taylor. It was. It was right. Michael Taylor, yes. So, um, yeah, Phelps not having that great of a pitching appearance this time around, but hopefully he can bounce back. And then we have Blake Parker, you know, the guy that we love to talk about. He got the win in last night's ballgame, and that moves him to 3-0 and on the season. Not that records really matter for any bullpen guys or anything like that, but 3-0 and really sounds good. Uh, and he pitched an inning, and he walked two batters. He struck out two. And Dave, it was a very, very stressful inning for Blake Parker. And uh, after this stressful outing, do you think that Girardi should consider using someone else in the ninth inning in a series versus the Mets? Or does that even make a difference? Do you think that maybe pitching him in that eighth inning or the seventh inning, do you think that makes a difference rather than using him in a higher leverage situation like the ninth? Well, the first thing I'm going to say, I think I'm going to get back to Eflin real quick because I just wanted to make a remark on him before I answer the question about Parker. But right, go ahead. Eflin was good until he had to make a pitch, and that's the biggest thing about pitching. He was good, but then when he had to get out of a situation, he was bad. He was hanging pitches, wasn't uh, controlling the sinker. Uh, he was good in the first couple innings, but those were low-leverage situations. Then when Eflin had to make pitches against the bigger batters in the Nationals order like Turner and Soto, he just couldn't. Um, I don't really blame – I don't think Eflin was as bad as his line shows. Roman Quinn misplayed a ball and gave a two-run home run inside the park to Trey Turner. And, and you know, I always bring up the question, and, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but – I don't understand why Adam Hazley isn't given more playing time. I understand that Roman Quinn is a quick, way quicker, uh, you know, uh, he has so many different skills in terms of his base running, in terms of his bunting ability, but I just feel like that Hazley, uh, you know, is slightly better on defense, at least in my opinion. Um, Hazley can run himself, and I also think that Hazley provides a little bit more pop at the plate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just thought that Roman Quinn misplayed that ball, and, and that caused Eflin some problems. Uh, but over to Parker, I actually think Parker did a really good job. I don't think that the reason why it was so stressful was because it came in the tenth inning, I believe, um, and they start the the Nationals started with a runner on second base. That runner was Michael A. Taylor, who hit the home run against Phelps, and also he he has some pretty good speed behind him. Uh, Parker then got an out, and then they intentionally walked uh, Juan Soto. 
so that was kind of why the inning got stressful. Uh, and then I believe he walked Kurt Suzuki, even though it didn't, uh, even though the count didn't show that it was on purpose. It wasn't four straight balls. It was for sure on purpose. They were pitching around Suzuki. He had a, uh, I forget how many games, but he had a hitting streak coming into this game. Um, so they wanted to be careful with Suzuki, and that's why the bases were loaded. So really, with the ghost runner on second base, and then you walk. Soto intentional. I think you also walk Suzuki intentional to get to Brock Holt. So I really think that Parker did an amazing job, and I don't really think that it was stressful in terms of what he did. I thought that it was more kind of Joe Girardi saying, you know what, we're going to put him on, we're not going to pitch to him, or maybe even JT Romuto saying, you know what, we're not going to pitch to Kurt Suzuki. He's killed the Phillies in the past. We don't want that to happen again. So I thought that Parker did a really good job, and I would continue to use him in high-leverage situations. He showed up um, you know, he's been in those situations before when he was with the Twins and a closer. I, I really trust uh, Blake Parker right now. He still hasn't given up an earned run, according to MLB.com uh, and his ERA. So I thought that Parker did a really good job. And I would continue to use them because I really think, like I said, that was more of kind of decisions based off of Joe Girardi and JT Romuto to not pitch to batters rather than Blake Parker just missing his command. Right. Weak contact and strikeouts from Blake Parker. So, uh, Dave, do you want to get on to the Washington Nationals? Sure. So I'll uh, take it away, I guess, with the box scores uh, for the Nationals. Michael A. Taylor uh, was one for two with a solo home run. That solo home run, I believe, was the left center. Right off of Phelps, I believe it was deep to left center. He also did have a strikeout. Trey Turner. Uh, we kept him off base for uh, the, the last couple games, but he really hurt us here. Three for five with a run scored, an RBI. He did strike out, but one of his big three hits was the two-run inside the park home run. And really, what I thought was so funny about this was, again, this was uh, based off of the NBC Sports Philadelphia broadcast. Um, Trey Turner, as he was coming around first base, he was literally jogging. And because I think he thought that either Roman Quinn was going to make a good play or he caught it or the ball was gone. And here, I mean, he just absolutely was jogging and he turned on the Jets completely and beat the throw by a mile. Uh, so, uh, of course, we know the speed of Turner. He hurt the Phillies there. Uh, Juan Soto was two for three with a double, uh, two walks and an RBI. He continues to hurt the Phillies. Uh, Luis Garcia. Three for four with two runs and a strikeout. He's had himself a pretty good series. And that brings up the question, Dave, is Garcia the Gene Segura of the Nationals? And the reason why we, you know, kind of say this question is Garcia seems to be a contact hitter, which is like Gene Segura. And uh, some boneheaded plays made by Garcia. I believe he had one in the field in last night's game. And then one, uh, of course, him getting picked off at first base by the throw by Bryce Harper, which you talked about in the uh, Phillies box score recap. So, Dave, in your opinion, is uh, Luis Garcia the Gene Segura of the Nationals? Well, I mean, Dave, you said it. <laughs> you know, you said it. You pointed out the plays. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think that he is the goofball of the Nationals. And Gene Segura is one of the goofballs of the Philadelphia Phillies. So I think if we are going to make the analogy between either player, then I think both players would be comparable in that respect. Yeah, no, no, I would agree. I think that, um, you know, Garcia, he, but he seems to be a really good player. He's really young, and, and the Nationals, uh, they have a good one there for sure, and hopefully he doesn't continue to kill the Phillies because they already have Turner and Soto uh, who do that. Victor Robles, another guy who's hurt the Phillies in the past, one for four with the run scored. It seems like the Phillies make all of the guys that are kind of 
um, you know, platoon players in that Nationals team, they make them look really good. That's how the Phillies pitching seems to go. Like Victor Robles, Michael A. Taylor, who maybe are not phenomenal against other teams in terms of, in terms of hitting, uh, the Phillies do their job to <laughs> make sure that they are uh, still in the major leagues. Uh, because if not, I don't know if uh, Michael A. Taylor would be up in the major leagues. But Victor Robles, one for four with the run scored. Uh, Anibal Sanchez, he continues to struggle in 2020. Pitched three and a third uh, of an inning. He gave up eight hits, four runs. One of those runs were earned. So not going to hurt his earned run average too much. Uh, did give up a walk and a strikeout. And the one earned run was a home run to Reese Hoskins. As we talked about earlier, continues to just smash the ball. Uh, so uh, I thought that Sanchez was okay in the game. I mean, only gave up one or run. I thought the Phillies could have hit him more. Uh, but his pitch count kind of got high, then that's why he was uh, taken out pretty early. Uh, Wander Suero, one and two-thirds of an innings pitch. Uh, did give up a walk, but did strike out two. And he's continued to pitch really well against the Phillies. Uh, high electric fastball. And Dave, is Wander Suero the Phillies' kryptonite? Right, so Wander Suero, he's a guy who has a really uh, quirky kind of windup. Uh, it's a it's a weird one. Uh, it's kind of overarm, and he has that cutter that he rides inside on lefties, and uh, it just seems to be a good one. He's not too much of a high velocity thrower. He usually sits around ninety two to ninety four with that cutter. So, you know, definitely not high velocity, but he has that good movement on his cutter, which I, I think is what generates his swings and misses so well. Um, but Suero has always pretty much been that cutter guy. And, uh, yeah, the Phillies are just struggling against Suero. I don't know whether it's just this series or whether Suero will do well uh, going into the next series or over the next bunch of games that he plays. But, yeah, Suero just owns the Phillies right now. And so I, I, I guess it is safe to say that for right now, he is the Phillies kryptonite. Yeah, I think that you worded that well, kind of talking about his windup. He does have a, a kind of a weird windup, and he throws very hard, as I pointed out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Nationals' bullpen, I think they've done a really good job in this series because the starters have not been great. Um, even Corbin and Max Scherzer did give up their runs, uh, but I thought the bullpen did a really good job for the Nationals. And Will Harris, another piece of their bullpen, they're paying a lot of money, uh, only did go one-third of an inning pitched, did give up two hits, one run, the run was earned, uh, and he did walk one batter. Uh, as for the next game, it will be tonight. We're recording this on September the 4th, so tonight, Friday Night Baseball, coming to you from City Field. It'll be Phillies at the Mets. Uh, and that game will begin at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, for the Phillies, it will be Jake Arrieta, uh, who is 2-4 with a 6.49 ERA. He does have 18 strikeouts, but Jake Arrieta struggled badly in his last start against the Braves, to say the least, on Sunday Night Baseball. That was the only game the Phillies have lost in their past 10 games, and they also did come back from a 10-0 deficit, but they still did lose 12-10. Uh, Rick Porcello will start for the Mets. Uh, he has won in four on the season with a 6.00 ERA. He does have 27 strikeouts. Now, the Phillies did just face Porcello, uh, I believe a couple, was it two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, something like that. So the Phillies did see Porcello, I believe, fairly recently. Uh, so I think that they should be able to pick up on him. They didn't hit him all that well. I believe McCutcheon did. That was the game where he had the home run. Um, against Porcello, uh, the one to left field, uh, I believe it was an afternoon game. Uh, so hopefully uh, the Phillies can hit Porcello a little bit better than what they did last time and they can get him out of the game earlier. 
you can watch this game on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can listen on 94.1 WIP uh, or WTTM 1680 in Espanol. And it's time for the predictions for tonight's game. Uh, before we get into that, all the stats um, of this podcast uh, from, were from either what we watched on NBC Sports Philadelphia. We talked about the clip. Um, of Turner and the clip of Harper, uh, so you can go check it out on NBC Sports Philadelphia. I'm sure they have highlights of it, uh, and also the MLB.com box scores uh, for all the information that we brought to you today. But Dave, like I said, without further ado, the predictions for tonight's game: Will Jake Arrieta bounce back, uh, or will he continue to struggle? <clears throat> well, in my opinion, Arietta needs to have a good start, and honestly, I, I don't even think it, it's an opinion. I, I think it's just it has to happen because Arietta has been struggling as of late. And uh, just when we thought he'd be okay this season, uh, you, you just can't back, bank on that from Arietta. Uh, his, ER, his ERA speaks for itself. He's not able to command his pitches, and uh, he just gets hit around too much. And I think that's where Arietta struggles is he needs to be able to make some pitches and be able to locate because, let's face it, Arietta is on the back end of his career. Uh, he still throws with some velocity, but he doesn't get those swings and misses like he needs to get. And I think it just has to do with his execution. Uh, he has a good sinker. He has a good curveball. He has a good changeup, I believe. He has good pitches, but it's just being able to pitch for outs. And Arietta just needs to get back to doing that. Uh, I don't know what the heck happened last start, but it can't happen this time around. You're versing a Mets team who you know, doesn't do that well. I mean, look at their record on the season. Uh, So, and I mean, that's not me bashing the Mets, but Arietta needs to go out and have a good start versus these Mets who uh, can't seem to get it together too much in 2020. I agree. Arietta's working for a contract. He really is, because after this season, let's be honest, the Phillies are not going to resign. He knows that. The Phillies know that. The fans know that. Um, At least we hope not, right? Um, but Arietta uh, really needs to have himself a good start in this game against the Mets. The Phillies, according to MLB.com, are two and a half games back of the first place Atlanta Braves. They also find themselves in fifth of the eight teams in the NL seed, um, right behind the Padres uh, in fourth. Uh, so predictions, like I said, for myself, um, you know, I think that Arietta, like you said, Dave, has to have a good game. I do think this will be a high-scoring game. I don't think this is going to be, you know, a 3 nothing game like the other night we saw with uh, Wheeler and Scherzer on the mound. I think that we'll have a much high-scoring game in this one with Arietta and Purcello both going on the mound for their teams. Both guys, as we said, had a uh, six or higher ERA coming into this game. So I guess we'll wrap it up, Dave. Does that sound good? Well, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't really give my prediction. That's my bad. But the problem, um, it, it, yeah, go ahead. What, what do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Who do you think uh, goes off in this game? Well, to be honest, I think Arietta struggles again. Uh, I think the Mets still have some bats in their lineup that can do damage. I mean, from what I know, Robinson Cano's been uh, great. Uh, according to MLB.com stat lines, over his past 15 games, he's been tremendous. Um, but yeah, Arietta, in my opinion, is going to struggle. Uh, and I think Porcello, for some reason, he just seems to do decent against the Phillies. So I think the Phillies are going to score around three or four runs this game. Uh, maybe the bullpen uh, kind of blows it for them. But uh, 
I, I don't know. I just feel like Porcello is going to have a decent start, whereas Arietta might not. But uh, those are just my predictions. I would hate to talk bad about our Philadelphia Phillies, of course. But Arietta, in my opinion, is just uh, he hasn't been able to get it together. All right. Well, I'm going to say the Phillies win this game. I'm going to say the Phillies win this game. I'm going to say they win 10 of 11. I'm going to say they win five straight. I think the Phillies continue the success against the Mets. And in my opinion, you kind of have to win this game because you're going to be seeing Seth Lugo uh, and uh, Jacob deGrom coming up over the weekend. So you're going to want to win this game against Porcello. Uh, even though you will have Nola on the mound, you'll have Wheeler, I believe, one day. You need to win this game uh, here against uh, Porcello and the New York Mets. Right, and uh, I think so that uh, – here, let me just intervene real quick. My bad. Uh, I, I feel like Lugo came over from the bullpen. Right. And supposedly he's capable of pitching, you know, as a starter. But I think you have to make him throw some pitches. Right. If you can get Lugo yeah. to throw some pitches in his outing and get him, you know, deeper into the ball game, you tire him out a little bit earlier since maybe he's used to that bullpen role a little bit more. Uh, maybe the Phillies are able to capitalize that way. I, I think that's the way you have to go into it and uh, try and attack uh, this Mets rotation is because. You know, you're going to have some tough guys that you face, okay? And I, I know it's the Mets. I, I know they're not exactly doing the best right now. But, you know, they've always been known for having that rotation. And it is in shambles right now, but they still do have some guys that can throw some innings. So uh, the Phillies really need to uh, prep and get ready to win some ball games Because if the Phillies are going to remain competitive, they need to do it strategically. And they need to play good baseball. Absolutely. And uh, like we said, that game will be at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time up in New York, and you can watch it on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Thank you all for listening uh, to today's podcast. Uh, We really appreciate all the views uh, and all the listens that we've been getting lately. Uh, Thank you to the healthcare and the frontline workers uh, for keeping us safe. Uh, Go check out Dave's Instagram and YouTube channel at Major League Talk for great baseball content. Again, all the stats, everything we talked about in this video uh, we're from either NBC Sports Philadelphia or MLB.com, box scores and standings. Uh, you can go check out the website. I believe Dave leaves a link in our podcast description. I think that's pretty much it, Dave. Uh, st- <laughs> stay safe, everyone. Uh, go Phillies. Um, I think that's pretty much it uh, that i got to say. But yeah, go Phillies, Dave. Uh, over to you. Let's beat the Mets tonight. Let's win 10 of 11. Yeah, let's. Let's try and take the first game from the Mets. I think uh, that'll help get the series started off on the right foot, especially since uh, yesterday's game was a little bit more stressful. So, uh, yeah, let's try and get the win here. But thank you to everyone who was listening to this podcast. And uh, thank you to all of the frontline workers who continue to help to keep the community safe. Uh, But if you like this type of content, then make sure to listen to previous episodes as well as episodes that we will come out with in the near to distant future. But for right now, this has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave.